Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This is Henry Fonda, Lorraine Day, and Charles Coburn. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Presenting tonight, Bachelor Mother. And here is your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. The Gulf Oil Companies and your neighborhood good Gulf dealer welcome you to as pleasant an evening as you've ever spent in the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. For tonight's dramatic offering is that delightful RKO picture, Bachelor Mother. And it stars Henry Fonda as David Merlin... Lorraine Day as Polly Parrish, and Charles Coburn as J.B. Merlin. The music of our play is by Oscar Bradley. Our story begins on the day before Christmas, the day Polly Parrish lost her job in the department store owned by J.B. Merlin and his son David. The dismissal slip said, This dismissal is no reflection on you since your employment here was only for the holiday season. Signed, J.B. Merlin and Son. P.S. Merry Christmas. Yeah, very Merry Christmas. Naturally, Polly went job hunting during her lunch hour. But she didn't find a job. She found a baby. The baby was wrapped in a blanket and lying in front of an orphanage door when Polly walked past. Well, almost walked past. She ran up the steps, picked up the baby, and rang the orphanage doorbell. She was standing there holding the baby when the matron opened the door. Oh, I want to give you this baby I found. Your name, please. Polly Parrish. I was just passing by. Are you but... employed anywhere? I'm at Merlin's department store. Say, why the question? We must know these things before we'll take your baby. My baby? Oh, oh you don't, don't understand. I, I was just walking along the street and saw lying We're on only the... here to help you, my dear. Well, you're certainly being a great help. I get fired from my job and I... My dear, many mothers say babies are not their own. Now, look here. This is ridiculous. This is not my baby. You've got to believe me. I tell you, I was just walking past the place and I saw the baby and then I picked him up. Happy day before Christmas. Fired and an unexpected mother. And that's just the beginning. But before we go any further with our story, I'd like to talk with you briefly about one of America's primary defense efforts. Napoleon once said, an army travels on its stomach. And in those words, the famous general expressed the importance of food in warfare. What Napoleon said still holds good today. But to his oft-repeated statement, present-day strategists have added, an army also travels on oil. Here in America, we're completely alert to the increasing importance of oil as we work to produce the petroleum products needed to keep our industrial machinery turning, our planes flying our tanks rolling, and our ships sailing. Doing their part in the nation's great task, Gulf men are at work. In the oil fields, in the refineries, on tankers at sea, and in the laboratories. And so, today, Gulf is busy supplying hundreds of American factories with the finest lubricants and fuels. Gulf Engineering Service is helping speed up production in scores of plants and defense industries. And Gulf is supplying the best possible gasolines and oils for our tanks, planes, and ships. So all along the line, Gulf workers and engineers, through their toil, their knowledge and experience, are doing their share in the job ahead, on the home front and on the war front. And now on with our story. 
Before Polly Parrish could break away from the orphanage and the misunderstanding matron who insisted that Polly was the mother of the baby she'd found on the orphanage steps, Polly's lunch hour was over. And she hurried back to finish her last day at J.B. Merlin and Son's department store. Soon after, a store messenger came to Polly and led her to the office of David Merlin, the son of J.B. Merlin and Son. The matron from the orphanage was with her. Come right in, Mrs. Miss Parrish. Miss Parrish? Yes. Say, what are you doing here? You told me you'd lost your position. Sure, but what's that got to do with you? <clears throat> I'm David Merlin. Miss Parrish, after talking to the matron, I'm convinced your discharge was a great mistake. Tragedy is more the word, Mr. Merlin. <clears throat> so, uh, the job is yours for as long as you care to have it. Thank you. And you're being raised $5 a week. We want you to realize, Miss Parrish, that Merlin's department store is the store with a heart. Oh! Miss Parrish, is that the way to express your gratitude to Mr. Merlin? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I owe you both an apology. It's quite all right, Mrs. Uh, Miss Parrish. I want to wish you and yours a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you, and the same to you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <clears throat> She's a very nice-looking girl. Yes, poor thing. You know, I can just see the ecstasy there'll be on her face tonight when she receives her real Christmas present from J.B. Merlin and Son. <laughs> this minute. I beg your pardon, miss. You don't seem to realize this child was sent special rush by J.B. Merlin and the son. Merry Christmas. Good night. Come back here and get this baby. Oh. Listen, kid, this is nothing personal. I'd love to have you around, but I really couldn't do right by you. Take your thumb out of your mouth and give your teeth a chance. Oh, all right, ruin your face. Who is it? Fred. You ready to go stepping, baby? You said it, kid. Come on in, Fred. Well, all ready to... Uh, is, uh... Is that yours? No, it isn't mine. Well, well, where did it come from? I got it for Christmas. Huh? You don't mean Santa Claus. I don't know what you're thinking, but you're all wrong. Sure. Sure, of course. Uh, Here, I'll just put my hat on and we'll go. Well, uh, now look. If uh, you have a headache or, or you think you might get one or anything... Don't worry I... about a thing, Fred. All right, let's go, baby. Hey, you mean we're taking the kid? Certainly. Come on, I'm going to play Santa Claus, too, at the residence of J.B. Merlin and Son, the son of a gun. Are you sure this is the boss's house? Yep. Yeah. I hope you know what we're doing. I do. Just wait a second, and I'll be right back. Yes, miss? Is this the home of Mr. David Merlin? Yes, miss. Well, I must see him. Uh, it's a personal matter. He'll know what it's about when he sees me. Well, <clears throat> couldn't you write him a letter? Do you think this came as a postcard? <clears throat> well, I really couldn't say, miss. However, I may say that it would be impossible for you to see Mr. David Merlin. All right, then. You take the baby. Oh, but That's I... the way I got it. Oh, but dear, miss, you and can't... And tell Mr. David Merlin that Miss Parrish left it here. Well, yes, miss. And he'll have to use his influence to get it back into that orphanage. Goodbye. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, 
Rockabye, babe, Mr. Merlin, on the treetop, Mr. David, when the wind blows... Oh, shut up! about letting a fellow in for a smoke, Polly? It's 2 a.m., Fred, and I have to get up early. Oh, come on. Let me in for just a minute. I said no. Go home, Fred. Oh, don't be like that, Polly. You said no once. Now let me in. Perhaps you didn't understand the young lady. Huh? Who's that? Oh, Mr. Merlin. I, I was just... Uh, well, that is... Uh, well, Polly, uh, good night, Mr. Merlin. Good night. Well, we got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Now all we have to get rid of is you. How did you get in here, Mr. Merlin? The landlady let us in. Us? Your baby and me. I've seen some low things in my time, but a mother who's just abandoned her child to go on a date... Would it interest you to know that I am not the mother of that child? Very well, you're not the mother. You're not employed either. You're firing me? I have fired you. And as you go from place to place hunting a job, you'll find that no store in the Merchants of America Association will hire you. I'll see to that. Why... That persecution. I'll say it is. That'll be just the beginning. Oh. Now, do you want to keep your baby and get your job back? Or do you want to be jailed for child abandonment? Well, you don't leave me much choice. I, I, I'd like to have my job back. Well, that's much better. As the years go by, Miss Parrish, you'll thank me for saving you from this terrible thing. Well... I'm not really as bad as you think. Then why did you do it? Well, there was no one I could turn to. What about your husband? The the baby's father? Huh? Oh. Well, we never met formally. Oh. Oh, you poor kid. Well, I'll be going. Don't worry about a thing. Thank you, Mr. Merlin. That's all right. Good night. Good night. Just a second, kid. What am I going to do with you? Have you any suggestions? <laughs> Gurgle, huh? Okay. Meanwhile, you better get undressed. Who is it? The landlady, Mrs. White. Could I maybe come in a minute? What are you trying to do? Hide the baby? I know about it. Mm-mm. Just like you, it looks. Huh? Are you kidding? Certainly not. I know from babies. And for you, this baby, I'm taking care of personally while you're working. Listen to him talking. Talking? What's he saying? Hmm. Who knows with that dialect? Good morning, Polly. Shh, don't talk too loud, Fred. You'll wake me up. Oh, I get it. Walk on the floor with a baby, huh? Speaking of the baby, Polly, how's about you getting me a little better job in this joint? What are you driving at? Oh, of course, I suppose I could pass my information along to David's old man, J.B., and do myself some good. I don't know what you're talking about. The baby. David's baby. David Merlin's baby? I didn't know he was married. Well, if you don't, nobody does. <laughs> oh, here he comes. Don't forget to tell him I want a better job. 
Good morning, Miss Parrish. Good morning, Mr. Merlin. How are you? Fine. I can hear you, but I can't see you. The baby has been crying for two nights. Was it sick? No, it's just being a baby. Oh, oh, why don't you have it sleep on its stomach? I read that's how babies sleep. Well, it's too bad babies can't read. Maybe he'd know then that when I put him on his stomach, he's supposed to sleep. Oh. Well, I'll try to think of something. Oh, please don't. Why not? Well, don't you think you've done enough already? No, I feel responsible in a way for... What is his name? John. Really? Same as my father's. I thought of that. Great name. You know, I think it's about time I paid that young man a visit. You tell John that his Uncle David will be up to see him tonight. Come on, baby, eat. Oh, here, look at Mama. Well, you certainly go in for sophisticated entertainment. Come in. Hello. Oh, hello, Mr. Merlin. Miss Parrish, do you realize this is New Year's Eve? I'll take your word for it. The way I feel, it could be New Year's morning. Well, it suddenly occurred to me that you must be having a pretty bad evening, so get dressed. We're going to a swell party. I'd like to go, but I can't leave the baby. I've already spoken to your landlady. She'll be glad to watch it. Ah, uh, there's something else. What? Look, me with the sweater and skirt. We'd make half a lovely couple. Oh, don't worry about that. I'll take care of the clothes. We'll go down to the store and take a complete outfit from stock. <laughs> Including a mink coat, I suppose. Including a mink coat. What do you say? Oh, if you ever wake me up, I'll never forgive you. Uh, Mrs. White! Oh, Mrs. White! Coming, coming. Hurry and get your coat on. Well, it won't take a second. Will you stay with the baby, Mrs. White? Why not? Enjoy yourself. You're only young and pretty ones. Some of us not even that. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Hello. This is Fred, Polly. Yes? I thought I told you to have your sweetie get me a better job in the store. Who are you talking about? David Merlin. Oh, I know he's there now. I saw him go in. You tell him to give me a decent job tomorrow or I'll... You're what? I'll tell his old man who the father of that baby is. Go right ahead. And, uh, Freddy? Yeah? If you find out who the mother is, let me know. <laughs> So we pause briefly for our customary intermission before we continue with the second act of the Gulf Screen Guild Theater production of Bachelor Mother. In the moment that remains, we bring you an important word on how you can make your car last longer. All right, bud? You know, friends, when you bought that car of yours, chances are you thought quite a lot about its style and its appearance. Well, how times have changed. Today, the one biggest thought in your mind is, how long will it run? And that's where you're lucky, because modern cars are really built to run for a long time, if properly cared for. To give your car that proper care, why not rely on the knowledge, experience, and fine products available at your good Gulf dealers? For instance, let him protect vital chassis parts against wear with Gulf Flex Registered Lubrication. In Gulf Flexing your car, the Gulf man uses six extra-efficient, extra-tough lubricants perfected in the Gulf laboratories. Then those special Gulflex car-saving services are helpful, too. Have your front wheel bearings packed to make them run longer, and your springs packed so your car will ride smoothly without racking, wearing jolts. And let the Gulf man clean your air filter for better car performance, greater gas mileage, and to avoid unnecessary motor wear. 
Finally, give your motor maximum protection with Gulf Pride, the motor oil that has the advantage of Gulf's famous Alclor refining process, and which as a result resists formation of harmful carbon, sludge, and engine varnish. To make your car last longer and run better as long as it lasts, have it Gulf flexed and filled with Gulf Pride at your good Gulf dealers. Curtain is ready to rise on the second act of Bachelor Mother, starring Henry Fonda as David Merlin, Lorraine Day as Polly Parrish, and Charles Coburn as David's father, J.P. Merlin. Well, several hours have passed, and it's a year later, because it's very early in the morning of New Year's Day. Polly and David are just returning to Polly's apartment from their New Year's Eve party. Won't you come in, David? Why, yes. I was afraid you wouldn't ask me. Why? Well, after the way you brushed that Fred fellow aside the other night. Oh, well, he hadn't kissed me. He hadn't? Oh. Well, I suppose I should apologize, but the stroke of midnight New Year's Eve... And? It's just midnight New Year's Eve now. It is? Mm Mm-hmm. In Chicago. Happy New Year in Chicago. Same to you. I think I will come in. (laughs) Good. We'll stay up and welcome in the new year in Denver, Los Angeles, and Points West. Well, let's get in and shut the door. Miss Parrish? Yes, Mrs. Weiss? The baby's asleep. (laughs) Val's asleep. I'll put him back to sleep. All right. I go now. Soon my boy Jerome is coming home from playing the picolet all night. <laughs> Jerome, he plays in a swinging band. <laughs> what a dizzy way to make a living in a hammock. <laughs> I don't know how to thank you, Mrs. White. Don't. Those stars in your eyes is thanks enough for me. Only one thing. Promise in the morning to tell me all about the evening, eh? I will, Mrs. Weiss. Good night. Good night. I guess he decided to wait up and see his Uncle David. You've come a long way from the girl who wouldn't even admit this was your child. Well, this is an unusual baby. I don't know. I guess it's heredity. Oh, yes. Why? What's the matter with me? What about the other 50%? You don't even know who he is, do you? Well, no. You see? But I know someone who does. You know him, too. Who is it? Fred. What does he know about? Oh, he won't tell me. But he's going to tell your father the name of the baby's father. Come in. My son... Dad, what are you doing here? Well, I was just driving around, and I happened to see your car parked outside, so I thought I'd stop in. Polly, this is my father, Dad, Miss Parrish. How do you do? How do you do? And who's this? Well, this is Miss Parrish's little boy. A boy? Would you mind if I was very careful? Would you let me hold him just a minute? Oh, of course. Here, take him. Thank you, my dear. See? He knows me. Yes, I'd know that chin anywhere. Huh? What's his name? John. John? John what? John B. Oh, thank you for that anyway. What's he driving at? Is there anything I can do, Mr. Merlin? You've already done it, my dear. 
<laughs> but perhaps you'd better hold little John B. He doesn't seem to recognize me yet. Of course, this is the first time he's seen you. Very true. But after all, blood is thicker than water, you know. You're acting very strangely, Dad. What's the matter? I'll discuss this with you at home. Goodbye, Miss... Goodbye. Goodbye, John B. Well, David, he knows if you don't. Huh? Knows what? I think Freddy told him all right. Told him? Told him what? That this baby is your father's grandson. Oh, well... What? And he certainly sounded as though he believed it. Holy mackerel. This... Oh, you mean... Oh, why, it's... But ah, I can't... Sit down, David, and take it easy. I know just how you feel. Is Dad up yet, Phillips? He's in the dining room, sir. What's his mood? Does that answer your question, sir? Uh-oh. It's dish-breaking mood. Well, here goes nothing. Dad, I have to talk to you. I do the talking. Young man... Marriage was good enough for your father and mother, and it's good enough for you. You're going to marry that girl. What? You're going to bring my grandson into this house. Just a second. I've got something to tell you. Don't start that with me. You know my temper. I don't care about your temper. You haven't any grandson. How dare you deny it? I saw the baby. I received information. Well, that's not my baby. Don't lie to me. I got the information in the letter. And even if I didn't have it, if I saw that baby on a desert island by himself, I'd know he was my grandson. He looks exactly like me. Dad, will you let me say something? My mind's made up. Nobody's going to fool around with my grandson. I'm going to take him away from you. You aren't fit to be his father. I'm not his father. You're crazy. That's what's the matter with you. You're unbalanced. Here, where are you going? To see your grandson. What about? Find out who his father is. Bring me some more dishes. Oh, Polly, Polly, this is terrible. Terrible what? J.B., Dad, he thinks about... <laughs> I know, he thought Johnny was yours. Well, this is no laughing matter. He's going to take the baby away. I'd like to see well, him. that's because you don't know him. He'll get lawyers and investigators use his info. He'll get the baby away from you. He can't him. do that. It belongs to me. We, we've got to stop well, him. What can we do? Well, take me to your father. Let, let me talk to him. I'll convince him. He won't him. believe you either. He's gone off his head. He even wanted me to marry you. Oh. He wants to set me up with a ready-made family so he'd have a grandson. I tell you, it's serious. Yes. It would be serious, marrying me. Oh, hi. Well, I didn't realize how that sounded. I Will you please go? Uh, I, I didn't mean that, Polly. I'm sorry. Now, uh, don't you worry. I'll think of something to get you out of the spot you're in. Oh, you will. Well, that's very kind of you, Mr. Merlin. But I wouldn't dream of putting you to so much trouble. I'm perfectly capable of handling this myself. And I promise you that by this time tomorrow, your poor innocent child will have a new father. <laughs> Mr. J.B. Merlin will see you now this way, please. Thank you. Now, be very careful, Jerome. Huh? Don't forget what I told you to say. Oh, not a chance. I got it all wrote out here on my shirt cuff. Mr. and Mrs. Jerome Weiss. Mr. and Mrs. Weiss? I thought my son introduced you as Miss Parrish. Oh, uh, that's the name I use in the store. 
We've been married two years. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, two years. Your son David just called, and there seemed to be a misunderstanding about our baby. <laughs> Ain't that a laugh? When my wife Polly here was first telling me, I-, I couldn't believe she met my baby. Your baby? Well, sure. Ain't he the image of his papa? That faraway look in his eyes. Yes, and both bald. So you see, Mr. Merlin, there's no need sending anyone to investigate the baby. It's a waste of time. I can't believe it. It's as though there'd been a death in the family. Dad! Oh, Dad! That sounds like my son. Dad, I've got great news for you. You have, David? Here's the father of Miss Parrish's baby. Oi. What's that you said, David? Go ahead, Fred. Tell him. Okay. Mr. Merlin, my wife's a very nervous woman. I work in the same department with her in the store, and I ought to know. My son is is my son, and I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't send any investigators around to make any trouble for us. Very interesting. David, do you know who this is? Who? Where? Sitting over there in the corner. Oh. That's the father she brought. <laughs> you two seem to have slipped up somewhere. You've got one too many fathers, and I'm going to prosecute both these men. Now, 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 Mr. Merlin, you, your son made me do this. I'll tell you the truth, and I know what I'm talking about. Your son is the father of that baby. He's lying, Dad. That worm with Miss Parrish must be the father. Don't you believe it. I'm only the landlady's son. I'm not the father. I don't care who the father is. I'm the grandfather. <laughs> Polly. Polly, where is she? She's gone. Gone? She'll take the baby. Catch her. I want my grandson. <laughs> Let me in, quick. Get away from there. Open this door. Let me in before my father gets here. I have to tell you something. I'll never open it. Get away. You get out of here. You're not going to get this baby. I'm not trying to take your baby away well, from you. Well, then leave me alone. You've caused me nothing but trouble ever since the first time I saw you. You know so darn much. Oh, Polly, listen, please. I won't. Oh, you must. You don't know what I've been going through since you threw me out of here this afternoon. I thought I was doing all this because I wanted to help you, but... I know better now. So do I. You're just a busybody. Maybe, but I'm also in love with you. Huh? It's the truth. Believe me, you must believe me. Oh, David, you mean... Yes. Polly, dear, I want to tell you something. Well, so I found you. Dad. I knew it. I knew it all the time. Well, David, what do you say now? I confess. Dad, I'm the father of that child. David! Well, those are the first true words that have passed your lips in 48 hours. You tell him, Dad. Come on, Johnny. Your parents are all tangled up. Let them straighten it out. You're going with your grandfather. When you two can come and see me as an honest married couple, you'll be very welcome. Until then, good day. Come on, John B. the second. Well... You heard what Grandpa said. Let's go. Do you mean that? I got the license on the way down. And you're willing to spend your life with a a ready-made family? If the family is you and Johnny. Oh, you darling. You know something, David? What, dear? I'll bet this is the first time in history that a baby ever gave birth to a mother and father.
Our thanks to Henry Ponda, Lorraine Day, and Charles Coburn for a most enjoyable story. And a bow to Bill Hampton for his excellent adaptation. And so our story finishes. And Polly and David live happily ever afterward, which is the way it always is with stories. Oh, and yeah? Now, I uh, presume you realize we're still on the air, Mr. Heaston. I know that all right, Dr. Pryor, but I still take issue with that statement of yours about stories always ending with couples living happily ever after. Uh, you forgetting next week? Oh, by gosh, bud, you're right. Ladies and gentlemen, next week we present one of the most unusual comedies imaginable. The story of a young married couple who don't get along, who fight all the time, who can't stay together and who can't stay apart. The story is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It will star one of the most brilliant casts you've ever heard in the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Errol Flynn, Lana Turner, and Gene Raymond. There's the show we think will be one of the top hits of the season. So don't miss tuning into the Gulf Screen Guild Theater next Sunday night. And hear Lana Turner, Errol Flynn, and Gene Raymond in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Our music, of course, will be by Oscar Bradley, assisted by Frank Tours. Until next week, then, this is Roger Pryor speaking for your neighborhood good golf dealer and saying, Good night, everyone. Americans, the war that we are in is a total war, one directed not just at our soldiers, sailors, and Marines, but also against each and every one of us right here at home. And each and every one of us can fight back. We can make the enemy feel the might of an aroused people. We can do that by purchasing defense bonds and stamps. So buy as many defense bonds and stamps as you can, as often as you can. Fonda's latest picture is the 20th Century Fox production, Rings on Her Fingers. Lorraine Day can soon be seen in MGM's Kathleen. And Charles Coburn in the Warner Brothers production, King's Row. Don't forget your date for next Sunday night to hear Errol Flynn, Lana Turner, and Gene Raymond in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But Easton speaking, this is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>